You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. As we're getting started with this message today, I want you to go grab a stone and I want you to uh, grab something you can write on it with, like a permanent marker. So a small stone that you can write a, a word on or a small phrase and a permanent marker. Now pause the podcast of the sermon here and uh, grab your stone and, your, and your, uh, your, your permanent marker and then you can come back. All right, welcome back. <laughs> so this week starts the 2021 Summer Olympics in Tokyo. And I love the Olympics, and and every year, every time the Olympics come around, I begin to like, how can I incorporate what's happening in the Olympic Games and some of the stories of some of the athletes and the things that take place there into my own life and into what God is teaching us and showing us at Awaken Church. And so as I was kind of looking through the history of the Summer Olympics, I found the story from the 1964 Tokyo Olympics. So 1964 Tokyo Olympics and this uh, American athlete named Billy Mills who won the gold medal in a 10,000 meter run. Now Billy Mills was born of the uh, Oglala tri- uh, Lakota tribe. Now if I said that if I pronounced it wrong I apologize. But Ogla- Ogla- Oglala Lakota tribe, Native American tribe. And he was running and he was a high school student and he 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 like qualified for the Olympics. But here's the thing. He- was two minutes slower than the competitive speed for the for the rest of those who would be in the Olympics. So so he he qualified for the Olympics, but his best time was two minutes slower than what you would uh, really think and, and see would be the best you know speed to run at for for this ten thousand meter run. And so his story was that he did nothing but focus and train for four years before. He, he entered the 1964 Olympics. So in 1960, he began to focus and train and focus and train. And he ended up surprising everybody because he was uh, nobody even really paid any attention to this, this, uh, this Olympic athlete who had his best time two minutes slower than anybody that, that needed to really compete in this race. And he won the gold medal. And it's a great story. Uh, have you ever felt, you know, he was like the least likely to take the gold medal, to, to take any medal. Have you ever felt like you were the least likely? Like, what thoughts, what feelings accompany that that feeling of like, I'm the least likely? So, Because we're in a series we're calling Insecurities, which is all about not letting those insecurities we have, even when we feel like we're the least likely to succeed or the least likely to, to, to make it happen, that we will have, t- from time to time, we'll all have those. Keep you from pursuing God's purpose for you. Don't let those insecurities keep you from pursuing God's purpose for you. And last week, we looked at Moses in the Bible and how, you know, sometimes we just have no words. And today we're going to look at another character. Uh, His story is found in the Old Testament, and his name is Gideon. So if you have a Bible, please turn to Judges chapter 6. And we're going to read a part of his story, and it's it's, it's, it's several chapters long, so we're going to hit a few different places. But we're going to start here. Now to set the scene briefly, Israel, which which, uh, Gideon is is uh, of the tribe of Israel, is under this the the rule and the reign under the impression actually of the Midianite Empire. So there's this 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 empire called Midian, and Midian has under their thumb uh, the Israelites, and the Midianites are pretty uh, pretty wicked. 
um, pretty harsh. And so what's happening in Gideon's time is he and, and, and his family and his people are, are actually experiencing starvation. And the people cried out to God for help. And God heard their cry and he answered their cry by sending them a leader. These are called the judges uh, These the, during this, this time of Israel. Before they had a king, they, had, they were ruled by judges. They had judges who were political and spiritual and religious leaders in every aspect. The people went to them for help. Now, Gideon wasn't a judge at the time, but he would become the judge eventually. This story takes place. When uh, man Gideon is is hiding out in a in a in a in a, in a threshing place, like trying to get some grain from some leftover pieces of wheat, so he can find something to feed his family with, and it starts. Our story begins in Judges six verse eleven. So the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, which which belonged to Joash of the clan of Ebiezer. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat in the bottom of this wine press. So it's, so it's a place, he's hiding out. It's, it's a place where they would make wine. He's trying to get a little wheat uh, grain for his family. Uh, he was doing there to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are these miracles our ancestors told us about? Don't they, didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? Here we go. My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. And the Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. So we're going to pause there. We're going to read some more from uh, from chapter 7 of this story in just a few minutes. But uh, first, let's get into the big idea. And the big idea for our time today is the least likely person can be a difference maker when you follow God's plan. This may be you. This, this may be, I've certainly been there. I've certainly felt this. You may have this, this type of insecurity. The least likely person can be a difference maker when you follow God's plan. And so let's camp out on a few thoughts uh, that, that on this idea. The first one is this. Remember who you are and who God is, okay? Remember who you are and who God is. The most insecure I've probably ever felt in my life was being lied about by someone that I let close to me. And it was the, it was in an attempt to to get people to leave the church I was pastoring at the time. It was in a different state and and uh, and to join a, some a new thing they were trying to start. And uh, let, uh, this person become a friend of mine. This person I had been discipling in our in our congregation, and they began to actually tell lies about things I did and things I said, and and and, and it hurt, and it hurt, and I was angry, but it also it made me really insecure in my leadership. Most insecurities rooted in some sort of rejection, something something that was said or or wasn't said, like something to, something done to us, something we felt we deserved but we didn't get. Like so, there's a hurt, there's a wound there. So, how do you deal with rejection? So, these people, this an this empire, the Midianites, they were oppressing the the, the Israelites. It had been seven years that they had they had been oppressing them, and they were known for their cruelty. They destroyed the crops. They would take things for themselves, and they would destroy the rest. They would eat 
they would kill and eat all of the animals of the Israelites. So the Israelites at this time, they were actually hiding out in caves. They weren't even living in their houses. They were hiding out in caves. It, it makes sense that they were insecure and they were feeling like they didn't matter. What, what Gideon says here is like, all of us are oppressed. All of us are feeling rejected and, and all of us are feeling insecure. And I am the least likely to do anything about it. Insecurity isn't necessarily wrong, but left unchecked, insecurities can do us a lot of harm. Insecurity can can shut down God's possibility for our lives. Unaddressed insecurities within you can keep you from living. So when, when God calls Gideon to become his general, he's calling him like, you've got to come. You're going to be this mighty warrior. Gideon, so he's laying low in this wine press. He's trying to gather a little grain for his family. And Gideon remembers who he is. Verse 15, Lord, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, which is one of the least important tribes. And I am the least in my entire family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you. And you will destroy Midianites as if they were fighting against one man. So when facing insecurity, you've got to remember who we are. Whatever the circumstance, whatever the hurt, we remember that no one is perfect. That's not permission to hide in fear or to keep on doing something that you know is wrong. Remembering no one is perfect should give you enough courage to face your insecurity and to go after your purpose. I've got to remember who I am. And I also remember who God is. God is love. God is peace. God is holy. Whenever we're feeling like we're the least likely, we can come back to Jesus. This is, this is why I keep talking about Jesus. That's why we sing about Jesus. Because in Jesus, there is redemption. We call this good news. And the good news is for all of the least likelies. <laughs> to remember who you are. It's okay to be the least likely. We all have insecurities. And remember who God is. God is victory over those insecurities. So trust God for the victory. Trust God for the victory. In my own moment of my deep insecurity, my deep hurt, my deep pain, my deep anger, I, I had good reason to be insecure. And, and you know what? I had a right to be angry. When somebody hurts you, stabs you in the back, when someone lies about you to try and manipulate others against you, you have a right to be angry. And some pretty personal shots were taken at me. And I, and I wanted to fire back. I really did. Oh my gosh, I wanted to fire back. But I realized something. This is in context of church. God doesn't build his church by tearing his church down. I don't care what, what somebody said about you or what somebody did to you. Uh, you know, if they're trying to tear you down, he, it's not God's, he's, God's not building his church. And if you feel like you need to tear somebody else down, somebody else's doctrine, theology, you need to deconstruct theirs for them, that is not God is not in that. God doesn't attack God. God doesn't doesn't seek revenge for himself. So the question is, do you trust God enough to deal with those who hurt you in his way and in his time? Do you trust God enough to deal with those who hurt you and do it in his way in his time? That's a struggle. It was a struggle for us. It's a, it was a struggle for Gideon. Let's do, jump into chapter 7. It says, uh, verse 1, Then Jeroboam, that, that's his, uh, he had another name, Gideon, uh, and his army got up early and went as far as the spring of Harid. The armies of Midian were camped north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many warriors with you. If I let you all fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. Therefore, tell the people, 
Whoever is timid and afraid may leave this mountain and go home. So 22,000 of them went home, leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. But the Lord told Gideon, There are still too many. 10,000, you still have too many. Bring them down to the spring, and then I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. So when Gideon uh, took his warriors down to the water, the Lord told him, divide the men into two groups. If one group puts all, uh, in one group put all those who cup water into their hands and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. In the other group put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. Only 300 of the men drank from their hands. All the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream. The Lord told Gideon, With these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. So Gideon collected the provisions and the ram's horns of the other warriors, that those are like trumpets, and sent them home. But he kept 300 men with him. All right. So, interesting battle strategy, right? Gideon's, in Gideon's insecurity, God says, trust me for the victory. Okay, God, I've got, he said, I've got 32,000 soldiers. The Midianites, by the way, they have 135,000. Okay? Get this. Gideon and the Israelite army, have, there's 32,000 soldiers. But, but the Midianite army is 135, 100,000 more. And God says, trust me to be the victory. Tell anyone who's afraid they can go home. And I'm thinking, man, I'm going home. <laughs> Already we're, we're outnumbered by 100,000 soldiers. I'm going home. So, okay, God, now I've got 10,000. The Midianites still have 135,000. And God says, trust me for the victory. You, there are still too many. Send everyone home who gets on their hands and knees to drink from the stream. Okay, God, now I've got 300. And the Midianites, they still have 135,000. That's 300 versus 135,000. And God says, trust me to be the victory. With these 300, I will rescue you and bring you that victory. And I'm, I'm like Gideon. What? What? <laughs> Trusting God to be the victory in the midst of your insecurity or your anger is not to brush unresolved conflict under the rug. And it doesn't mean you're going to understand it. It doesn't mean it's not going to be scary. There are and there may be needed steps of confrontation or open communication that take place. There may even be there may even need to be restitution made, but we approach the process from the posture of forgiveness. Okay? We this is thinking about us and our own wounds that have caused us insecurity. We may be hurt, yes, but Jesus is bigger than your wounds. The question is, do you trust Jesus enough to deal with those who have hurt you and, hit, and do it in his way, in his time? In the New Testament, there's this, this great line in this, this uh, letter called Romans, Romans 12, 18. It says, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. And that's a quote from Deuteronomy 32, 35. Romans was written by this guy named Paul who had, had rocks thrown at him for telling others about Jesus. More than once, Paul was thrown into prison for preaching Jesus. Three times he was beaten with rods. Five times he was whipped within an inch of his life. Yet he doesn't call for revenge. He calls for peace. He trusts Jesus is bigger than his wounds. He trusts God to be the victory. What, what God has done for us is greater than anything anyone could ever do to us or has ever done to us. But we still wrestle with, what if God lets him off the hook? Right? 
What if God, what if God doesn't make them hurt like they hurt me? This is where we have to trust God and drop what you're holding on to. When I was battling the insecurity of being betrayed and gossiped about and lied about, I couldn't just pretend it didn't happen. I couldn't, I couldn't forgive and forget, but I could forgive and move on. The only way forward is to let go. The only way to move on is to move on. Have you ever forgiven someone who wasn't sorry? I mean, how, how do you do that? That was my biggest struggle at the time. And, and, and eventually, the Holy Spirit of God helping me, it happened. Let's continue in uh, chapter 9, or verse 9 of chapter 7. The Midianite camp was in the valley below Gideon. That night the Lord said, Get up, go down to the Midianite camp, for I have given you victory over them. But if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Purah. Listen to what the Midianites are saying, and you will be greatly encouraged. Then you will be eager to attack. So Gideon took Purah and went down to the edge of the enemy camp. The armies of the Midianite, Amalek and the people of the east had settled in the valley like a swarm of locusts. Their camels were like grains of sand on the seashore. Too many to count. Gideon, think of this. He's got 300 guys. Gideon crept up just as a man was telling his companion about a dream. The man said, I had this dream and in my dream a loaf of barley bread came tumbling down into the Midianite camp, and it hit a tent, turned it over, and knocked it flat. His companion answered, Your dream can only mean one thing. God has given Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite, victory over Midian and all its allies. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship before the Lord. Then he returned to the Israelite camp and shouted, Get up! The Lord has given you victory over the Midianite hordes. He has divided the 300 men into three groups. And gave each man a ram's horn and a clay jar with a torch in it. Then he said to them, Keep your eyes on me. When I come to the edge of the camp, do just as I do. As soon as I and those with me blow the ram's horns, blow your horns too, all around the entire camp, and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. It was just after midnight, after the changing of the guard, when Gideon and, his, and, his, and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the Midianite camp. Suddenly they blew the ram's horns and broke their clay jars. Then all the, the, all the groups blew their horns and broke the jars. They held the blazing torches in their left hands and the horns in their right hands, and they all shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon! Each man stood at his position around the camp and watched as all the Midianites rushed around in a panic, shouting as they ran to escape. When the 300 Israelites blew their ram's horns, the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their swords. Those who were not killed fled to places far away as Bathsheba near Jerephath and to the border of Abel Manela near Tabith. Now that story will continue and you can you can check that out, but that's where I want to stop now because this is where the battle plan of Gideon comes to play. Blow the trumpets, drop the clay jars and hold up the torches. Man, what a battle plan. Blow the trumpets, drop the clay jars on the ground and hold up the torches that have been hidden inside the clay jars. The trumpet is a call to action. Our call to action is it's forgiveness. Whether someone else or yourself, forgiveness is the key. Whether you have to forgive someone else or forgive yourself, that's the key. Here's the thing about the clay pots and the torches. The clay pots are concealing the light of the torches until the right moment. 
You have to drop what you're holding on to in order for the light within you to shine. Drop the grudge. Don't let the fire inside be hidden or extinguished by something you're holding on to. Also, in in ancient times, breaking of a clay vessel was symbolic because this this is broken beyond repair. It, It can't be put back the way it was, but the pieces can be reformed into something new. When, they for, when you forgive, everything may not be the way it was, but it opens up the door for God to do something new. Forgiveness is a process. And sometimes you may need to forgive a person more than once. <laughs> it, it's true. Forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean a relationship will be restored to the way it was. It doesn't mean you forgive someone and let them keep hurting you in that way so you can forgive them again and again. You, you may have to forgive them for what they did to you, and you may have to keep forgiving because it keeps coming to your mind. And it may be for the best that that relationship is not restored. Just because you forgive someone doesn't mean you want to be friends with them anymore. Having victory on your insecurities will mean letting go of anything that has a hold on you. Unresolved drama or pain, it it can be deceptive, causing us to feel like we're in control. We think, I'm not going to forgive them because I'm in control. I'm not going to let them get away with it. I'll make you regret what you said and what you did. (laughs) And that feels empowering. And we feel like we're handling our insecurities, but we're not. The problem is the other person usually has even no idea what you're holding on to. You're holding on to grudge and you're holding on to pain and you're being you're and there's insecurities beneath this and they don't have a clue. They don't feel it at all and you're giving yourself an ulcer and they're napping on a beach somewhere. Get your eyes off of them. Get your eyes back on Jesus. Letting go of what we've been holding on to frees us to live life. It frees us. Letting go of what you're holding on to frees you to run the race. It frees you to bloom into who God wants you to be. Letting go frees us to be loved and to love and let God mold us into something new. What God has done for us is greater than what anything anyone else could ever do to us. The least likely person can be a difference maker when you follow God's plan. So here's what I would encourage you to do. Take that stone. Write on that stone a word, or maybe it's a small phrase. Something you're holding on to. Something, something you've got a grip on. That actually, when you realize it, it's got a grip on you. And it's, it's a, maybe it's a solid, maybe it's like a rock-solid grip. But you realize something. This insecurity, or this anger, or this whatever this is. It's robbing you of the freedom and the peace that God has for you. And then ask God to help you let it go. And when you're ready, when you feel like God has given you the, the, the permission and the ability and His strength, not yours, to let it go, take that stone. Don't throw it at the person who you've named you, <laughs> you, you implied when you wrote it, but throw it away. Take that stone and throw it away. Don't, don't hold on to it. Don't keep it for later reference. Write, write that insecurity down there. Write that pain. Write that anger on there. Write that situation Take that stone and throw it away. I mean, you may literally, don't, I mean, watch where you're throwing it. <laughs> you may want to throw it. You may want to take it to a, a, a lake or a river or, or the ocean <laughs> and throw it in there. God, help us, to, help us to, to, to take ownership of our feelings. You know, we're going to have insecurities. That means we're human. 
We're not we're not here to, to say you'll remove our insecurities, but re- remove the grip and the hold and the fear and the anger that our insecurities are feeding. But help us to, to, to grab a hold of you and let go. And the only way we can grab a hold of you is let go of whatever else we're holding on to. Lord, if we need to forgive someone for hurting us, help us, God, even when it's hard, even when they're not sorry, help us to forgive right now. And Lord, if we have to forgive ourselves, we need to forgive ourselves. Let us look right in the mirror, look ourselves right in the eye, and say, I forgive you. Because God, you have forgiven us. We want to thank you and praise you for being our forgiver. But Lord, you're also our forgiveness. So Lord, where we need to, Lord, help us to forgive ourselves and let go of whatever we're holding on to that's keeping us from holding on to you. Thank you, Lord, that you want us to be free, that you want us to be a difference maker. So Lord, thank you that even when we feel like we're the least likely person who can make a difference, that we can be a difference maker when we follow your plan, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AwakenChurchLA.